0: Hi, I'm the queen who's serving you nice and easy on your pubic mound. Merc in realness,
1: it's Condé Nasty. I'm working on my type 5. It's the only type thing about me. Seriously, it looks like the exit of a water slide down there. It's Ursula the sea bitch. And this is Reading Drag Race, the show where we talk about whatever we want. But mostly RuPaul's Drag Race. Hi, Ursula. I'm loving that shake and go beard. How are you doing? Thank you. I I, I feel lovely today. I, I, I went... I I got a haircut this week, and I went to my dentist, so I did two in-person interactions, and the anxiety has not crippled me yet. You
0: look quite fetching with the haircut and the freshly trimmed beard. I also went to the dentist this week and had my first social distancing hangout in in a friend's backyard yesterday, which was a lovely gal. We like brought our own cocktails, I wore a face mask when I did go in to use the my friend's restroom, but it was yeah. nice to be around people. Yeah. I also found myself, anything that came up, it was like, I have 12 opinions on this thing that I know you know way more about because I'm extra insufferable after being away from people so long. Um, but it was a good
1: time. It was nice to feel human again. Yeah. I don't want to burst your bubble, but you having 12 opinions about things is not a post-quarantine state.
0: I will say if you were there, <laughs> we're like, oh, he- oh, she's extra chatty today. <laughs> Um, also you will be relieved to hear that I was talking with, the social hang was with a friend who is a postdoc medical researcher who was talking a lot about, we still don't know the whole antibody thing and there's a lot more to the immune system than antibodies. There's, we still don't know that people don't develop specific immunity to coronavirus and like listed particular T cells that would fight something like this that are harder to test for and was like we still like there's still a lot regarding herd immunity that is very possible the antibodies thing is just something the public understands which was like thank you as a as a plebeian I'm so grateful for this information it makes me feel because we talked last week and I was quite
1: you were yeah you were you were you 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 were ready to Draw the curtain on the whole, on all of civilization. I was so. like,
0: how do I make my cage more lovely? If I'm serving a life sentence in this apartment, what, is, what am I going to do to make it doable? God, I'm glad you specifically got that data. <laughs> Me too. It was very helpful from somebody I trust who is just as pessimistic as I. With that, I also wanted to talk with you about uh, Jinx Monsoon, Bendelilla, Creme, and Peaches is Christ collaboration. Ooh, I'm not speaking well. Podcast. WQUR queer
1: what is it queer queer quarantine radio there we go uh, i you, you texted me this morning you should listen to this and i'm like i listened to both episodes 2 months ago when it came out and i'm pretty sure i told you about them because clearly if jinx and bendela are going to do an old timey radio mystery i am there that yeah. that has hersel's name written all over it. I pour myself a whiskey-based cocktail and curl up in my high back leather armchair to engage in this specific form of mid-century cosplay.
0: Yeah. It was <laughs> so fun. It could not have been more packed with jokes, puns, cliches that were like, but this is the cliche you run with. Right. I feel like they used so much good material to make a radio show just as good as a live show of theirs that I was almost wondering are they not doing more because they don't want to use up all their good material? Um, uh,
1: no, Maj- Major Scales posted something on social media that they they were just working on other projects and episode three should drop soon. I'm so glad
0: to hear that because I do want to hear the uh, exciting conclusion, especially oh, to the yeah. uh, murder mystery, the... the... Wealthy family murder mystery. Oh moment. God, it's
1: the best. No, and I even like. I, I'm always here for a riff on on noir detectives. Just, I mean, that's. Oh, me too. Me too. Yeah. It can be as cliche as it wants. Like, yeah. like
0: sometimes that's better. I do like that in this one. Jinx plays both the wealthy widowed matriarch of the family and her bitter alcoholic spinster twin sister who's just there giving everybody shit and calling everybody out the whole time which and i love that bendela got to play um the the like ditzy trophy wife and the like handsome buxom driver who's fucking both the matriarch of the family and the gay grandson like it's so good everybody You should go listen to this. I don't care if you don't like Murder Mystery. It's an hour and 15 minutes total, and it is so good. Yeah. Oh,
1: before we before we get started on something else, I do want to say I, I heard about Chi-Chi Devane being in the hospital for apparent kidney failure, so I'm just sending love out into the universe and wishes for a speedy recovery. And a fuck you to 2020. Chi-Chi Devane? Are you fucking kidding me? That woman's I... a- beacon of light I would be pissed in the normal world if I found out something bad happened to Chi Chi Devane this just feels like an insult this this is 2020 not understanding what too much is just ugh. I'm gonna if she has a kickstarter I'll throw it in the show notes when I post this because I'm sure kidney failure in our backwards medical system is also a destructively expensive thing to treat so we're gonna help a sister out
0: I echo all of your sentiments. You know how much I love Chi-Chi Devane, and I am also sending love and wishes and and hope uh, to Chi-Chi. And with that, speaking of one of your beards, we do have (laughs) a very special guest today. Please, everybody, welcome back to the podcast, Oblivia.
2: Hello! Yay!
0: Yay! Hey, Oblivia, how are you?
2: I'm surviving.
0: Which is
1: all any of us can say. (laughs) Indeed.
2: You know, not loving the, not loving the being quarantined for four months and counting. Not a fan of that. Um, not sure about this whole having to work regularly outside the house thing. That's going to be a thing starting on Thursday. So, yeah, twenty twenty. Not a fan.
0: Yeah, no, I get that. I'm would not I'm recommend. <laughs> no, none of us, none of us would. F minus um,
2: minus would not order again.
0: Yeah, the ups and downs are not great. On a lighter note, Hursla and I were excited because we had you on the first episode of this season, and there are some seasons of Drag Race you've missed, and you have not seen Shea Couleé
1: before. So, so what? What do you think about Shea? Do you are are you as stand as we are? Do you stand as hard as we do? You kind of you don't have to, but you kind of do. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh no, I have been enjoying the heck out of Shea Couleé, especially. Her Snatch Game of Love, just iconic. I lost, lost, lost it.
1: Yeah, let me recount a sequence of events that occurred the evening that episode aired. I I know that Oblivia loves, loves the whole flavor of Love franchise and its many spinoffs. So the minute Shay announced who she was doing, I texted Oblivia to be like, I know you haven't watched it yet. But text me when you do, because I wanted to be ready for the piercing shriek that I would hear from across the city the moment that episode aired. And I was not wrong. I was not wrong in any way.
2: (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah, there aren't a lot of TV shows that I know or watch or follow. I'm definitely one of those people who, like, watches maybe three or four things and watches them over and over and over again. And one of those things is Flavor of Love and its entire tree of spinoffs. I am obsessed. I have been obsessed since the moment I saw Hottie try to cook a whole chicken in the microwave. and With the chicken setting, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's cooked. <laughs> she pushed the chicken button, right? Uh,
1: I remember uh, you, me, my brother, and sister in law, my parents' basement over Christmas, watching like a thousand of them in a row on YouTube. That's a.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. And that was delightful. <laughs>
1: So what did you think of Shay's like,
0: I'm gonna squeeze... Because I felt like we've seen other male characters that feel femme and draggy on Snatch Game before, but I feel like Flava Flav is, like, the first... Where like, it's cis like straight Cis man. straight man who doesn't have any sort of effeminate affectations, though he is, like, a character. What did you think about Shae's... Ability to squeeze that into that format.
2: I thought it was hilarious and it worked. I mean, I think it's proof that you don't have to be an effeminate or gay character to work on the Snatch Game, or at least the Snatch Game of Love, if yep. you're sufficiently campy. And Flavor Flav certainly has that, you know, that campy characterness to him. There's just enough weird to go on. And Shay leaned into that. Shay embodied that. And then of course the back and forth between Shay as Flavor Flav and Juju B as Eartha Kit was it was absolutely hilarious and I enjoyed every minute of it.
0: Same. Absolutely. Yeah um all right and with that we should get into this week's episode um so this week we are covering RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars 5 episode 7 RuPaul's Shady Shack stand-up comedy challenge I'm gonna be honest I always find the first five minutes of every episode a recap of the previous episode and a discussion to be dull uh I was surprised by the chatter at the top and that all the girls were like, this is the top four I saw. Because I definitely saw Alexis in the top four before yeah, Blair. Do you guys have anything on that? Or do you want to get into the...
1: No, I, I just no, I agree with
2: the that. The one thing that I have that just... I, I think it's just because it sparked something in my head. Was that when they, were, when they were bringing out the box. And they were like, ooh, what's in the box? I wanted a... Nothing! Absolutely nothing! Like... I want drag queen UHF to be a thing.
1: I love your bench of cultural references. It's always such, I never know where I'm going, but I'm never sad that I got there. (laughs) Um, So it's the stand-up comedy challenge. And I always like these because I love stand-up comedy. I love comedy. uh, I love comedy queens very much. But I'm always a little apprehensive because bad comedy is actively difficult to watch so i'm always i always kind of suck in air through my teeth whenever this one is announced just a little to be like oh things are going to happen what will they be
0: (laughs) i agree with you i also i'm going to be honest i feel like if you're this is a challenge where some are going to do well some are going to bomb it's like going to an open mic anywhere and i can i can handle it for me it was like why would you do this when there are only four girls left um and they definitely had a lot of filler with like feelings in the workroom because they had to because what else are you gonna do Yeah. Um, so that w- that was the one surprising part to me, but I was happy to see it. I was excited for this challenge, and honestly, a lot of people online were speculating that Juju did not win last week because they thought she'd win this, this week. week. Yeah, and I think those people have not seen Miss Cracker live. Yeah, uh, because she is an effortless, improvisational stand-up comedian, and I that I want to be very clear. I love Juju and think she's hilarious. It's a statement on how good Miss Cracker is yeah. live that that I was like, no, I I mean I I went into this thinking Cracker could get in her head and Juju could. But probably not, and Juju could really pull it out, but I was still like,
1: I'm pretty sure Cracker will win the stand-up challenge. what do you think of the of Cracker's performance piece, uh, uh, a one-act play assigning the girls their slots? Oh,
0: That is actually where I was going next. Um, what did you think? Because I was like, is she trying
1: to be funny, trying to be honest, trying to get everyone's head? I think it was a little of both. Like, I think all of her rationales made sense. Um... She wants to go after Blair because she's going to crush Blair like the tiny porcelain doll she is. It's like none of her reasonings were wrong because succeed or fail, they all helped Cracker in some way. And I love the way she just was, she delivered it funnily. So I enjoyed this little, just her saying like, even if she had said nothing about the assignments, this is what everyone would assume about them. So just admit it. And do it in an entertaining manner and move on. Also, you're all adults. You all have to go in some order. There's only four times three times two. Uh, tw- there's only 24 combinations of queens. And you're going to pick one of them. So it'll be fine. I, 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 I was amused deeply.
0: I also feel like there are genuinely pros and cons to everything. I was certain she would have Blair go second and have herself go third. Yeah, The other two were debatable. Um, right cuz I would have flipped them but that's me uh if anything I think cracker's choice is actually smarter because of juju was very funny right after her it would have dwarfed her yeah yeah
1: so no no they did they did the the opener who's like like if this were a real club this act would be the shitty opener who's not even on the bill but knows the manager and worked their way into getting 10 minutes the opener the act brought the headliner and then the closer, who like yeah, like like like, Cracker set this up perfectly to keep Cracker at the center of this, like it was Cracker's show. Yes. What did you think, Oblivia?
2: Oh, I think it was, I I, I think it was all like a, a, a big play by Cracker. Like during the entire announcement of what this is, like oh she, she played petrified and she's like oh my god, like look like did a pretty convincing act of looking scared as all get out. And then they saunter over to the table and she's like, I can pretend that I don't know what I'm doing, but I immediately knew. So it's like, oh, cracker, you shady, shady bitch. But See, I don't think it's shady because she's honest about it.
0: Like, I think shady is doing it without being direct. She was being honest and funny about, like, the reality of the situation. I think shady is inconspicuous. See,
2: I don't think like I think I think the shady part of it was maybe maybe it was the cut, maybe it was just the producers, but it's like she just immediately goes from I'm petrified. I'm petrified. I'm petrified. I know exactly how I'm going to screw all of you over and I am going to provide receipts.
0: Okay. It was it was a funny moment. Um so then they have the coaching moment with Jane and Ross. Truly, I can never tell how the coaching really goes or how helpful yeah. it is. They always seem to use it as a misdirect in the edit. So now I generally view it as kind of meaningless. But yeah. I really liked spending time with Jane and Ross. Oh, yeah, they were.
1: I love Jane Krakowski. And like, if we were assembling a patchwork quilt of fictional characters to create my my actual personality, uh, Jenna Moroni's in there. Like, just no two ways about it. I adore her. She is so fucking talented. It's, it's, she is really one of those stars where I feel like gay men love the shit out of her, but she doesn't get as much, like, respect and celebrity as we all think she deserves. She, she should have all of the things. (laughs) I definitely feel like there's a
0: type of gay man for whom she is in that. pantheon, Though it is not all of us. Those of us who I think genuinely respect Britney Spears as like an artist without any irony or acknowledgement of like pop commercial manufacturing are probably not crossing over a lot with seeing great things in Jane Krakowski. But yeah, I I agree with you. What did you think about Ross's advice to Shay regarding making jokes about rose petals and losing season nine and shay's like candor about the whole thing what did you think about that whole moment
1: i like i like the advice i like the category of advice just it has to be personal not like it has to be real it has to be something that means something to you because that's going to connect with the audience the best i've i've really it's been interesting seeing shay process the loss um on this season it it's never veered into like whiny or entitled, which I think is interest, which I think is good. But it it comes off as very real. Just that the show is important, and losing feels bad. Of all the queens who come back for their redemption arc, she's probably the one where I feel like it's not even redemption. You didn't lose because you were bad. You you lost you lost by a hair to a to a queen who revolutionized lip sync that day like that was
0: just luck the narrative is wild to me because for me i'm like shea coulet you won without winning like yeah. you so won your season without winning the finale that like you have nothing left to prove to us there are plenty yeah. of queens who have won their season who have more to prove to us in terms of their skills and competence as performers yeah than you you have you won four challenges of diverse types in your season by a long shot. You have nothing left to prove to us, so I'm a little confused. Like I'm so happy you're back because I want to see more of you, but you're already a winner in my mind. Like, yeah, you're totally. you're it, bitch. Totally. Like it was interesting to me.
1: Yeah, I found those rehearsal scenes real like. I always wonder, are they intentionally giving, like, weaker material? Or, like, are, th- are the queens participating Well, hold on, hold on. Can, pres- I, yeah. can I
0: just say, on Shay, I felt like... um, I felt like Ross was really pushing that. And Shay seemed like she was not yet comfortable to do that. And it was oh, weird yeah. for Ross to, like, tell her to do that. I get that it's a unique POV that she can take. But I also feel, like, that's a good... You could do this... But also, let's talk about the material that Shay has prepared. And, and it's not like... We don't have to prescribe that Shay has to do that. I thought that was odd.
1: But... Yeah, I, I, well, like I said, I think it would be better packaged as just tell something that's true to you. Because otherwise, you are just you are just reading jokes off a page. You want something to make the material feel personal. yeah. Even if it's yeah. not about you specifically.
0: Yeah. So, sorry, you were saying about the rehearsals overall?
1: Yeah, I always wonder if they are intentionally holding back in the rehearsal to like feed the edit that's like the misdirect or or like intentionally try to lower expectations but some of those were were hard to watch some of those some of those test jokes were were not funny <laughs>
0: Oblivion what did you think of the whole rehearsal moment yeah
2: I mean I thought it was it was definitely a bunch of there was a lot of producer misdirect there. Um, the one thing I do want to say this actually like, it goes back to a comment at the beginning, in addition to a thread that carried into the rehearsal, though not the performance, which is why I bring it up here. Um, I mean, we all know how this ended and we'll get to that. But one thing that I loved to see during the beginning of this episode was one thing that was very clear at the beginning of the season and then kind of got lost in the shuffle in the middle of the season. And that is to say, Shady Blair St. Clair. I stan Shady Blair St. Clair. I love her. I love her. I love her. And between at the beginning when she made the comment of, no, I'm just going to put glass shards in your makeup. And then, you know, the beginning of her little scene with Ross and Jane where, you know, she starts by going, nice try you ju-, ju to, you know, planning to do that to Juju it's like that was great and then of course her um you know her rapid fire funny practice scene like I was so sad that her practice scene was so much better than her actual performance but it was nice to see those flashes of shady Blair St. Clair back because few things make me happier than shady Blair St. Clair
0: I'm glad to get this perspective because it is so different from my yeah. own. Like, yeah. I am like, okay, I get it, Blair. You have an overbearing mom you're super close with who, like, you are the center of her world and you can narcissistically, in a totally self-absorbed way, talk about yourself all the time in a self-inflating way. And I get it. You've hung out with Detox and you want these dirty drag queens to know you're a bad girl now. But, like... It just, it feels so like a little kid playing Shady Drag Queen to me. And it's like, it's funny sometimes, but it's also like, I roll, you think you're doing better than you are. And I, I loved Blair originally. I still like Blair. I don't always find Blair likable this season. Yeah, see,
2: I... I loved her in her original season, but I love her even more now. And I mean, who knows? Maybe it's because any attempt that I make to fit in or be anything in particular in a social situation is just as bullshit as Shady Blair. I don't know. Maybe it's because okay. I see a lot of myself in her. But I love Shady I love Shady Blair. I hadn't seen a lot of her except for the first couple of episodes. Um And, yeah, at least the first half of this episode, she was back and I was here.
1: Okay. Always so much... If you... Like, I could never predict which queens you'll respond to, other than maybe, like, Sharon Needles. Sharon Needles feels like the obvious one to me, but beyond that, (laughs) it would be like trying to read Chicken Bones. It just delights me to find out which queens you bond with. I would never in a million years assume you would you would respond to Blair Saint Clair. it delights me oh my um, god
2: like even when they announced who was going to be back for this season like she was the queen i lost it over like yes, i remember Blair's you back! were very
0: excited on our first episode so yeah no that makes sense yeah. um, so what did you guys th- think of the performances uh
1: juju took a hot second to get off the ground but once it was up it stayed there um, I agree. It wasn't, she didn't reinvent the stand-up routine, but she, like, solid B, B-plus work, ma'am.
2: Yeah, that's, you know, Juju was, Juju was funny. Um, She did take a while to warm up. I remember thinking during Juju's set that I wish, like, I-, I was hoping that Juju would put the book down, although she wasn't, like, cleaving to it, which was... Yeah. Something that really coalesced in my mind shortly thereafter, and we'll get there. But, you know, Juju was... Juju was fun.
0: I thought she was funny. I thought she did a good job. There were moments where it paused, and it did take a moment to warm up, I agree. But overall, I thought it was funny. It was a good performance to me.
2: The the one line I really liked from Juju was... When she pulled, like, this ain't RuPaul's best friend race. Michelle already won that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The line that got
1: me was, uh, like, how does it feel that a woman who got uh, uh, millions of women to put stones in their pussies uh, still couldn't convince them to buy your book? (laughs) That that was good. She should workshop that one because it needed a little little, uh, spin in the delivery. But that's a good fucking joke.
0: I agree. That was the one. I watched it with that girl, and she and I both cracked the fuck up at that moment. I thought it was very good.
1: Um, there was something about the pacing of the of everyone other than Cracker, and I don't know if it was just the editing, but it felt a little slow. Like, I don't know if it's how they were just cutting the jokes, but it felt like like a real stand-up routine has, like, you know, build. Like, there's a rhythm, a patter, you get to the joke, you land the I joke. don't
0: think it was the edit. I think... I think... While there was some editing, I think Cracker does this. And so, like, her pacing was exactly as it should be. And that's what they showed. I don't know if they Mm -hmm. would have edited to make other people look worse.
1: Fair, fair. But,
0: uh, yeah, Cracker knows what she's doing. And I feel like that was, like, uninterrupted Cracker. Um,
1: So next up is Blair St. Clair. And what I'm going to say here is that uh, at this stage in quarantine, I've embarked on a rewatch of NBC's Hannibal. The show that, in a shockingly graphic manner for network television, depicts eating people. I, I cringed, paused, and tempted, and was tempted to fast-forward more often during Blair St. Clair's five minutes than I've been in a season and a half of Hannibal. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. I I
0: was so... I felt like Blair is a great drag queen who I thought would probably go home fifth and Alexis would be in the top four and watching Blair not understand that like you shouldn't have a notebook, but if you do it should be one page that you're looking at, not flipping standing up there flipping through that notebook, like a nervous high school student trying to answer questions in class when they get called on awkwardly to which by the way, Ursula would then imperiously provide the answer in a slightly patronizing tone. Which we love, but I digress. I it's, I was it's like... very
1: early in the day for that much honesty about me. Just saying. <laughs>
0: you're like, but you're right. Um, But for me, it was like, this is why Blair does not belong in the top four. Like, the fact that she doesn't know yet that you needed to write them all on one page or not have a notebook. I'm like, you don't belong here. I like you. You're a good drag queen. But you shouldn't have come this far. If you don't even understand that you should not be nervously flipping
1: through a notebook in the middle of a joke set, like and in it was the, the, the way set, she was, it was clutching a... it, like up he up at her face and yeah. near the mic, like Juju. I'm a had, bitch. Like I'm such no, a bitch, but I'm Juju like, no, had you a don't notebook belong. too. But Juju didn't like carefully turn one page at a time while it was the only thing we heard breaking the flow. Of whatever she was talking about, like
2: <laughs> yeah, I I didn't know like. I was a little annoyed at the notebook being there, like, in her hand for Juju. But I don't think it sunk in that Juju wasn't flipping pages until Blair was flipping pages. And, yeah, I mean, just the, like, the cleaving to the notebook as opposed to trusting herself to know what she's talking about and feed off the energy from the audience i mean that reminded me a lot of say me in my law school mock trial auditions you know trying to memorize every single word of the speech that i was supposed to give instead of you know memorizing Or instead of, you know, knowing the arc of where it's supposed to go, remembering my key points, but trusting myself to talk around them as opposed to, you know, memorize 10 pages of word by word by word by word. Again, I mean, as painful as that was to watch and as much as I wanted to see her do better and rise to the occasion, that was still a moment where... That was still a moment where I saw a certain piece of myself in Blair, and yeah, that's probably part of why I like her as much as I do.
0: Hmm. That makes that makes sense. Yeah. What did you guys think about Shay's? Well, I guess we should just we should go in order. Still, yeah. so Miss Cracker's set was very well done. She does this all the time. Yeah, she's a great MC for a show. She's a great stand up comic. I've seen her live twice. She, she she knows what she's doing.
1: Well, it's it. it It's that dual thing of she did it very well. Well, like, she made it look easy, but not like she didn't care. There's this, it's this down the middle of you have to be seen to me making an effort, but not so much effort that we can see you sweat. She just did this thing like it was the most natural thing in the world for her to do. She's that good at this.
2: Yeah, I mean, the only complaint I had about Cracker was, you know, with, her dress like kind of you know somewhere in her midriff it looked kind of, you know there was something in her undergarment that was like poking out a bit weird or like something in like the understructure of the of the dress that like i don't know it was kind of distracting me but other than that like i had n- i her comedy was really funny she she was clearly in her element
0: yeah yeah, yeah. her body shaming joke was very funny like yeah. It was so funny. It was so yeah. well-delivered. The And, like, the uptick in energy yes. afterwards. Like, it was so... It was so funny. And, like, I'm gonna say, like, I don't even think that was her A material, but it was very good. She's very funny. Um, I feel like Cracker and Bob the Drag Queen are two drag queens who, to me, are, like... They're drag queens, but they're also stand-up comedians who I feel like the level of their stand-up comedy is on par with, like, the most famous stand-up comedians,
1: yeah. In the well, world the, right and the now. thing about a stand-up set is, you know, it's it, it's you have to work it. You have to like do it in the tiny club a hundred times and tweak it and refine it, yeah. and then you add it to your set for your Netflix special. So I think Cracker producing, I think this is this was very smart of Cracker to be like, yeah, I will do my B list jokes that I know always work. Like yeah. the, when I'm bombing. And even great people have shitty nights and they bomb. Like, when I'm bombing, I can fall back on this joke and get a laugh to get things moving again. And that was the bag she pulled from, so they all worked.
0: I agree. I agree completely. That's very well stated. And then, lastly, Shay. What did you guys think of Shay's stand-up set?
1: I really liked this because I think it was good stand-up. It wasn't as funny as Crackers, but I think it has... It has the structure of a really good and it has like it's one of those like uh, she should workshop this. She should she should keep working on this story and incorporate it as part of an act, because I think it's it, it's personal. It's funny. It has like the rhythm and set up and the expectation and the punchline. Also, it was surgically precise to make RuPaul love it, because if it's one thing RuPaul is going to like, it's going to be a reference to uh, 80s comedies about black people. Like the, yeah. the Coming to America joke was like, boom, perfect.
2: And the Coming to America joke, I think part of, I, I think some evidence as to why that was as good a joke as it was is, I haven't seen season nine. I haven't seen Coming to America. I still laughed my face off. It was still a funny joke and, you know, took... You know, took enough from it that it was recognizable and like, and on just the bits that I've picked up about season nine from watching All Stars 5 and the bits about coming to America that I've picked up from living in the US over the last, you know, 30 some odd years, but never actually having seen either of those things. I still had enough context for it that it was hilarious.
1: Oh uh, yeah. My my only concern for Shay at for out of this routine and at this point, is she still feels a little reined in. I like it's clear that losing season nine really got to her in a deeper way than I think we might have seen or realized in that moment. But I think she needs to shake it off because it was a, she was small in the set, which is fine. It worked for the story. It worked for the setup. Not every not every comedian needs to be. As big as Cracker, and nor should they be. Personality, like natural personality, should should play into it. But it still felt a little subdued, not in a bad way, not in a way that didn't serve this ch- set of jokes. But I do wonder if she's actually still a little in her head over losing season nine to the point that I think it might be a thing she'll have to deal with in the finale. So
0: I would like to remind everybody that stand-up comedy is shea Coulee's greatest weakness as a drag queen this is her doing the thing that drag queens do the drag queen staple thing that they all do this is the one that she is the weakest at and it was still very good it did have a somber tone and i felt like she intentionally chose like a dress that feels very like armor, it, almost like armor and like high fashion so there's like an imperious energy to her and i feel like that set a tone for the tone. I do feel like it was like, it was good. It wasn't great. I would say Juju's had more highs and lows and Shay's was funny, but not like knee slapper throughout. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought she did well. This isn't her strong suit. Um, I also do feel a little bit like Shay, we're so glad you're here all is right with the universe that you made it to the top three. I cannot imagine, given what I know about your ability to dance and sing, that you're not going to just pull it out in the finale and win this fucking thing. Like, to me at this point, it's hard to imagine her not winning um, because of what the finale challenge is.
1: Right. And something would have to happen. Something like, it. if everyone just does their thing. They would
0: literally need to throw pearls on the stage. Yeah. Yeah. Glass in her makeup would not do it. <laughs> she'd, she'd, oh. cry t-
1: she'd cry tears of
0: blood and then snatch the crown, please. Yeah. True. We're going to take a quick break and then take it to the
1: runway. Have you tried not? For those times when you feel like offering an opinion on the internet on a subject you only just learned about on Wikipedia, always remember you could not. For those times when you feel like bombarding the mentions of an actor just trying to make a living because you're mad about something a writer, a totally different human being did, you could not. When you find yourself about to lecture a member of an historically oppressed minority about their life experience, all you have to do is just not. It's not, and it's available anytime, anywhere, and it's the perfect way not to show your entire ass to the entire internet all at once. Just remember that not every thought, opinion, or feeling you have needs to be fucking expressed the minute your fucking brain creates it, and you too can just not. Not. Because you shouldn't. And now back to the show.
0: Alright, and we are back to take it to the runway. Um, so the runway category this week was freaky. I feel like someone gave the girls a color wheel or something for inspiration with this prompt and everyone paid attention except for Miss Cracker and that served her well because freaky is so broad and i was surprised by the color palette conformity between everybody but cracker um it it read as
1: very club kid and i I wasn't quite sure yeah like i want to see the paragraph description under the title that the queens got for this one because when they said freaky I, i just wasn't sure in my mind
0: there's like a million different ways you can go with freaky and so i was like they must have gotten some more directive that yeah. 3 of the 4 looked like club kid inspired looks of the same color palette yeah like i liked them but it was like i feel like it would have been way more divergent if they just said freaky right well what was right.
2: what was weird was when when RuPaul brought it up earlier i think when she like walked out before even the comedy show when she was describing to the judges what was going on she just described it as quote freak out and when I heard that, I'm like, oh, it's going to be like 70s disco outfits. Because I was thinking of the song La Freak.
0: That makes sense.
2: And then later, when it's before the actual runway, the description was, freak out, let your freak flag fly. And then it's like, okay, this could be any of a million things. But yeah, my, yeah. First, my first expectation was like 70s disco, which that makes obviously they were not serving (laughs) no
0: no no not at all um i will say i love juju's look my husband knows and loves uh and follows this artist i should remember his name off the top of my head but i don't juju i i've said a few times on this podcast that i like that she looks like a normal girl in like ready-to-wear drag that she bought at the mall and like zhuzhed up i think that like subtlety is part of her brand but it was Nice to see her in something that was so like weird and arty and conceptual, and it was my favorite look on the runway. This oh,
1: way. absolutely! When she came out, it was like it was like Juju B finally got uh, six-year-old Ursula's letters. Like, like, dear Juju Bee, please stomp the runway so hard that it shatters into a million pieces, and they salt the earth so no runway ever grows there again. And she finally gave it to me. And like you know, it I... just
0: occurred to me talking to you about this right now. Yeah, I feel this way almost every challenge. I know they're not giving second places this season, but to me it is very clear yeah. that Juju again this week, as with almost every week she's ever been on dragways, <laughs> was the second place queen. Yeah. Uh-oh.
1: But I loved this look. I loved the shape. The the pattern clashing was great. The huge chain works, like uh like this could have read chunky and hokey and bad so easily. And when she took the mask off. To reveal that beautiful makeup, I'm like, oh, queen, just perfect. Love yeah, this no. look.
0: You you are correct on that. I thought Cracker's look was like. I think part of why I liked it was because it was diverging from what everybody else was doing. The mask was too big, and in quarantine times, is obviously upsetting. Oh my god! Like, oh my god! Not between, the
1: time. No, not bet, the time. Between Blair wearing like a face mask. That we're all wearing now
2: and then and cracker with the full-on plague doctor mask yeah
1: yeah venetian plague doctor are you kidding me and this was filmed before the pandemic so it just felt very wrong that they could stumble into this like what the hell are you doing to me universe this is not okay i do not consent
2: keep coronavirus (laughs) off my damn runway
0: Pretty much. Ooh. Also, her breasts were a little oddly aligned, but Cracker, I think, sometimes struggles with proportionizing. But I mean, that's a tertiary point. Um, but I, it, it, she stood out because everybody yeah. else was in the same color wheel.
2: Yeah, like, I thought that whole, like, Plague Doctor thing, I mean, it was, again, like, really scary in that it was before COVID and now we're in an honest-to-God plague. But... I wasn't super keen on the reveal for that one just because it didn't, it didn't seem to go anywhere. It's like you go from this like weird, bizarre plague doctor thing to, hey, it's Cracker in a bodysuit. Did you feel
0: that the look was just Cracker in a bodysuit? Not like a weird undead, the Nightmare Before Christmas almost inspired look with the crazy long black wig?
2: No, it was Cracker in a bodysuit to me. The makeup it elevated did not, it for me. It did not connect with me at all.
0: Okay. I get that it wasn't enough and you, like, didn't. Like, she did do more. I get that to you it, like, still was underwhelming. Yeah. She worked that really long wig she, that she's she so short she, nearly she touched did. the ground. Yeah. Um, yeah. What did you think of Blair's look? Can you tell how much I care?
2: <laughs> I mean, it was, it was colorful. It was fun, but... To me, it was more chaotic than really landing as any kind of unified look. And I think the challenge with, I mean, I I agree with y'all. I would really like to see sort of the more than just the title of that runway. But there is a risk in anything that's like, be freaky, be weird, to also have it be some sort of unified whole. And it's tough and Blair really didn't have a unified whole so much as, like, something chaotic and colorful. A bunch
0: of weird things. Yeah! Yeah. yeah. Now, like, I feel like Juju's is, like, a whole concept. Even though it's, like, differing patterns and color palettes, they all kind of... There is a continuity, and it all makes sense, and it fits the category. Whereas Blair's felt like... This is a weird thing I have. This is a weird thing I have. This is a weird thing I have. I'm going to put them all on top of each other. Um and it just it didn't come together for me. No. In any way, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't good.
2: Yeah, um, exactly. Like it was, you know, it was fine. It was fun, but it's not a it's not a unified runway look, especially what you would expect from The final four in Dry Grace All-Stars.
0: Yeah. Um, So what did you think of Shay's look?
1: I like every individual... Like, I like the pieces. I think I love her hair. Uh, I love the coat. I love the shoes. Collectively, it still feels... I don't know. Maybe I'm talking myself into this, but it feels a little hesitant for a runway look from Shay. And maybe that's just because I'm comparing it to what we know Shay can do. This is good, but it still feels a little... Well it's a bodysuit and a coat and a pair of boots um, I just it It's a hair's breadth away it, Like it doesn't have that like pop that makes your jaw drop And be like well fuck I'm watching an artiste um, That her other looks this season and in season 9 gave me This is just very good And I don't know if I'm being unfair to her By comparing her just to her Or I'm really thinking that in comparison to the other the other queens this week.
0: I I agree with your assessment. I also feel like we have such high expectations of her because she's wowed us at next level, especially season nine, so much that it's like her legacy is impossible to live up to. And I'm aware that that's like not a thing I really want to put on her. For me, the weird thing with this was why did everybody except for Juju, who didn't have visible hair, have black hair. And with Shay's look in particular, if you're doing a freaky runway, like, that's a fu- I don't know if they were all trying to be, like, at a goth element by having black hair. But for me, with that look that Shay had, I wanted some unnatural colored punk hair yeah. of some kind. And I feel like this look with, like, an unnatural... Like, with, like, a pink... uh, But, sp- like, ridiculous spiky kind yeah. of... Yeah. thing or something it would have felt like at Shay's level for freaky um yeah. but with and i love this wig it just it it's like it was too pedestrian i don't know
1: i swear to god do you think they got like, I almost wonder, was there... I really on?
0: think they got some really specific specific directives that we don't know.
1: Right, that they then changed their mind on. Because Willems talked about this, where, like, for what was on the runway as, like, 70-something, they were just told, bring a gold dress. So sometimes there is apparently some kind of mismatch or lack of detail there definitely they changed their mind. So yeah. that had to be what happened here, because this was just all over the place. Um, yeah, like, Shay wh-
2: had that, you know, her, her outfit was, like... 90s raver, and I'm sorry if you're leaning into the 90s raver, I would like to see a color of hair that would have been a highlighter that I used in high school in the actual (laughs) 90s.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, Um, before we move on from the runway, though, I do want to thank Jane Krakowski for being a real professional. Like, she was clearly not well, and she not only did she like show up for filming, she still contributed. Through her through her laryngitis, and as a as a Broadway queen, I just I just respect that work ethic. Like like when Christina Applegate broke her ankle in Sweet Charity, tightened the shoe and finished the show. I'm like, that's terrifying. You shouldn't do that, but I also respect it. That,
2: that's that, that's nice of you to respect her, given that she said sorry. A sea bitch stole my voice. <laughs> so so so, Ursula, I do I do blame you.
0: That's very funny. And Sam Richardson got to speak once on this episode, I believe. Maybe twice. <laughs> that was funny. I don't know him. Anything I've seen him in, he seems nice and affable, but he's like a tertiary character. I don't know yeah. that person, really. And I do think it's funny when, like, a straight man comes on Drag Race and the edit is like, he said one thing once and was the butt of a joke once. Like, it was like he was barely here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, obviously, Cracker won. By the by a mile um and then everyone is in the bottom and blair has a lot to say again which i found so charming and self-aware um and that was a whole lot of chatter i was not interested in do you guys have any thoughts on any of that uh
1: cracker cracker had the funniest line of the night in the workroom uh when she turns when she's talking to everyone then turns to Juju B and calls her vivacious i Died. That, that was, was like, very funny. That was funnier than I mean, Cracker's set was great as for what it was, but I'm like, well, that was the funniest joke I've heard tonight, so write that down. But <laughs> Yeah.
2: No. Yeah, like Blair but- had a lot to say in the workroom. She really didn't have a leg to stand on, but she's still fighting. She still wanted to be there. It was a it was a nice foil to earlier in the season with all the queens like voting for themselves. And yeah. I still stand. I still stand.
0: I like her. I think she's very good. I think she has some growing to do, particularly in the comedic delivery as a drag queen. yeah. And I did feel like she's outlasted her performance this season. So, but that was a whole lot of filler that they really needed. Um, And then we head to the lip sync where we have Miss Cracker lip sync against Kennedy Davenport to Fancy by Reba McIntyre.
2: So even so even before Kennedy like before Kennedy came out before they, you know, showed anyone behind the curtain, I'm sitting here being like if this lip sync assassin is not Cameron Michaels, they are not doing this season correctly. Yeah. And we had like the fact that there were lip sync assassins and no Cameron. What even was this? What concept?
1: What was the yeah, point? Yeah, you're right. When we when, <laughs> when when like we we have it on tape, I think we all we everyone I have talked to about this season just assumed from jump that eventually they must have Cameron Michaels. Kennedy
0: Davenport is absolutely a lip sync assassin. I agree with you. I assumed we were going to see Cameron Michaels this season, but I also assumed we were going to see Kennedy Davenport and I was happy to see her. That said, I will say, I don't think this is a great lip sync song, especially for a queen like Kennedy who does backflips and oh, yeah. does high energy stuff. And I still think Kennedy could have done more with it than she did. And I will say this, I think um, there's so much about a mother turning out her daughter in like a narrative of this song that it would have been so much fun if it was Bob the Drag Queen who is Miss Cracker's drag mother and it was Bob the Drag Queen versus Miss Cracker doing... Fancy, oh, and <laughs> they, they could done a lot of fun things with that, right? Like
1: Bob could play the mom, Cracker could play the daughter, yeah. and they could act out the song together. Uh, yeah, could they just do a video of that? I'd watch that. Me too. <laughs> um, I will also say both Miss Cracker
0: and Kennedy do like a lot of backflips in their lip syncs. And as much as this is like a talking heavy song that is like mid tempo most of the time, I think when it goes up to here's your one chance, here's your one chance, fancy, don't let me down that's a great moment to do backflip into a reveal into something red yeah that would have made like i know we're like we're over reveals they need to be special this is a song that's like this isn't a great song to ask a queen to do but if you're going to elevate it that's how you would elevate it well, i
1: think it works as a actual like i think in a club this would be a good song for an acty theatery queen to perform I agree with it's you. It's not a good competitive song. And this is maybe and this is my bigger problem, my aside from not having Cameron Michaels. My biggest problem with the Lip Sync Assassin is that the assassin has not been matched really at all to the song except for Evie oddly doing um uh whatever it was from the first episode. Living Levita la vida loca. Thank you. Um so yeah, uh, like you don't call Kennedy Davenport to lip sync this song. Why would you do that? I'm going to say it's
0: been more hit or miss than like one hit and all misses. But I agree with you when you call Kennedy Davenport, this is not the song. And also Vanjie never proved on the show. She was lip sync assassin. She was rarely in that position, but she is an amazing lip singer. She's an amazing performer live to high energy songs. That's why she's in the Vegas show. She is so good. She does for me. It makes sense to call her, even though we haven't seen her be it on the show, really.
1: Yeah,
0: but not with the song they had her with. Right, and I feel like don't def that was the one for me where it was like, do not call her unless you call a song that you know she performs live to, and she is like a real fucking threat. A mid-tempo song, no, ma'am.
1: Yeah, Um, I think Cracker won it cleanly. Uh, I think she acted the song very well. She she used her body to like tell the story of being turned into a prostitute very cleanly. Yeah, like I I enjoyed it. And she looks so much better this week than last week and was clearly much more relaxed about her choices because she remembered to change her wig and do different eye makeup. So Yes. Yes. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I didn't I didn't love either of the lip syncs. I didn't think the song was like I was I was curious and interested with its potential. I don't think either Kennedy or Cracker took it to its full potential. I do agree that Cracker won the lip sync.
0: Yeah, and I, I honestly watched it, and I, I like both of these queens. I, I love both of these queens, and I was... This is a this is a song where it can be done well, but not everybody will, and you're not going to, like, just fall into it by just trying. Like, and I was disappointed that neither of them tried to do anything more than just walk and lip-sync to it, but Cracker definitely won.
2: Though, though um, I think the most compelling thing about the lip-sync to me... Was the back of Kennedy's cape? Like I don't know why. Just the Oh, shape, she looked stunning. The, the just shape walking around of Kennedy's yeah. cape from the back. I'm just like, you know, the the front. I I you know the front of the outfit. It's like okay, you know, a cape, a bodysuit, whatever. I was like, this is okay. It looks good. It's well put together. But I'm not like living for it. Then she turned around, and I'm like, my jaw dropped to the floor. I'm just like this draws my eye more than anything in the lip sync.
0: It felt like she was modeling her outfit more, more than anything yes. given how much energy she normally lip syncs with. It was interesting. Um, all right. So cracker wins and send Blair home as I think we all expected though. Blair did look shocked Yep, and did her little, uh, thing that Rue seemed to love a little haphazardly at the end of the runway yeah. to say goodbye. And that that is the episode as anticipated. Um, would any other thoughts on the episode from you two?
1: I got the top three I wanted. Um, I
0: definitely got the top three I expected at the top of the season.
1: Yeah, like I, 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 my only re- my only complaint about this episode is I wanted for the record just to see what Alexis's play for the top three would have been. I probably based on based on report cards probably would have sent Alexis home this week anyway, but I would have been curious to see what she would have done here. Me too. Me too. She, and she could have done a really good job.
0: Like, yeah. she is very funny. She, I would have liked to see her in this challenge more than Blair, as I have made clear throughout yeah. this episode. But I, um, I still
1: think the top three was the top three.
2: Yeah, they- I think
0: Alexis is the other person who I could have seen ending yeah. up in the top three. Yeah. But I, I agree with you. Um, And I am very curious to see how next week pans out. The, I think it's funny that they are bringing the girls back, but literally for like, we're doing a reunion show, but like in the episode that is the finale, we're doing it. As far as we know, there's not a jury or anything, but who knows? Heaven help us. I'm assuming not. It it worked out so poorly last time.
1: Like, like the, the jury in season three almost not only destroyed juries in Drag Race, I think it almost destroyed juries in America. We almost like abolished, we repealed the Sixth Amendment because it was such a terrible system.
0: I hear you. Um. I think it's funny that they're bringing them back to be like, we're all going to spill the tea, mom. Um, So that'll be interesting to watch. Uh, And then I cannot, I'm glad to see, it looks like Todrick's doing the choreography next week. Yes. I'm glad to see him back. I didn't know if he and Rue had had a falling out of any kind. And uh, I cannot imagine Shea Kule doesn't just turn it the fuck out and Leaves with the trophy that we all spiritually feel she already has.
1: Yeah, like, I think... Not it's like, even
0: this season, just, like, <laughs> in the world.
2: Just for world. being Shea Coulee. <laughs> by by virtue yeah. existing.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I will say, though, I think it's, especially with Cracker's win this week, more so than her win last week, but coming off of this week, it does feel like the three are closer than I would have predicted at the start of the season. Like, I I expected to be, like, Shay up here, Juju here i'm moving my hand on an audio format they were
0: never gonna let shay just run away with it the way they let bianca and bob run away with it because they wanted it to be more compelling they were like they were just not gonna do it right
1: but i think um organically that has happened i feel like like i'm excited for next week just because like i said my my favorite moment one of my easily top three moments in all of drag race is that season nine finale because it was just amazing to watch two incredibly talented people throw themselves at it. And I think we're set for that again with this top three. I think it's going to be like, it's going to be epic and amazing just to witness, independent of the outcome. And I'm very excited about it.
0: So do I. I have a very high opinion of everybody in, these top, in this top three. In the same way that I, how do I say this? I think this is Shea Houle's lane. And I feel like for that reason, I can't imagine her not actually winning, but I do think the other two are going to do their damnedest next week and it's going to be a great finale.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm sad for Juju because I want Juju to win too. I want, I want Juju to have a crown because Juju, you know what? Juju also has the, 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 the spiritual crown that just accumulates. For me, Juju.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like three seasons in a row. Yes. second place almost every challenge. Like there has to be some collective acknowledgment of what sort of fortitude and versatility that takes.
1: I really want her runway look for the finale to be a riff on Susan Lucci. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that great. Would be like iconic. that would be great. No, I mean I fucking love Juju. Um
0: I agree with you. Like there's a part of me that's like I feel like Shea's going to win the final challenge and thus win the finale, but I would love for Juju to you have know a what? crown.
1: I'm, I'm so mad they did the dumb tie last season because you could make a case that Shea and Juju could do this in a tie and it would feel completely not stupid.
0: I agree. Um, I agree. I felt like last year was like,
1: that's not what happened. It's it's not what happened to the point that you didn't actually film it happening and had to stitch it together by inference. like yep. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, uh, it was weird. Um, All right, anything else uh, for this episode of the podcast?
2: Um, just delightful one, to see
0: your faces. <laughs> likewise. One
2: last thing about the end of that episode. what was up with that stupid phone gag at the end?
0: I think that's literally just the girls are coming back, but it's yeah. actually going to be, like, inconsequential. They're just going to spill tea. Yeah.
2: yeah,
1: just... That's my read.
2: Yeah, I just... I didn't see the point of it. I didn't think it was clear enough that it meant the other girls were going to come back and spill tea. Like, they, they made it sort of look like, oh, there's going to be, like, one last... One, twist. One last twist yeah. before this episode ends, and, like, I mean... Shay Ku looked very confused and very petrified and I was feeling that oh, yeah she wasn't I was not stopping and dancing deeply. she was
0: like what is happening
2: yeah Shay was like
0: triggered triggered yeah triggered <laughs> that was
2: and I'm like i I feel you there Shay, because I don't know what's going on here. <laughs>
1: Like, yeah. for a second, I thought, are they going to do, like, the returning queen challenge tucked into the finale? That can't be. That's stupid. Stupid Hercelis thinking stupid things. Oh, that's the same thought um, I
2: had, too. I I saw her <laughs> pick up the phone, and there's only, there's only one way I could put it together, and that was returning queen. And the fact that it yeah. wasn't just not a returning queen, but it wasn't anything, I'm like, it was why weird. did you think that was a good idea?
0: It wasn't. I agree with you. I, I kind of feel like when this show does dumb things, I, like, ignore them. But, yeah, no, you're you're right. I, I agree it was dumb. Especially because it's, like, you're not going to do a Recurring Queens Compete. Like, we know there are eight episodes. Yeah. This is, like, bad timing to even bother with a psych gag like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That said, I will say, I love a Returning Queens episode, and I want the Returning Queen to be taken seriously by the other queens and not just immediately sent home because they returned. Um, and I always want a returning Queens episode. I know a lot of people don't like them. Oh, I, I love them. I love, them.
2: love yeah. returning Queens episodes.
1: The, the only other, the other episode that I love that we didn't get. And we, uh, that being said, I'm trying to think if we never get them in all stars is, a, is the makeover episodes. I love a good makeover episode.
0: I do too. I do too. Um, we get them sometimes, but not always. Yeah.
1: Alright, well, I'm I'm excited for the finale next week. It's it's nice to it's nice to look forward to the future, even if it's only seven days and even if it's only for an episode of Drag Race, but there's not a lot to look forward to here in the Hellscape that is twenty twenty, but watching Shea Kule and Jujubi invoke the drag gods here on earth, I'm I'm am i I'm here for it.
0: And with that, uh <laughs> thank you, Oblivia, so much for coming. We had a blast having you here. Thank
2: you so much for having me. This was fun.
0: Um, and thank you, everybody, for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe. Please leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps other people. It it makes us show up higher on searches and makes it a lot easier for other people to discover our podcast, so we would greatly appreciate that. Uh, that's all for now. I've been Condé Nasty. I'm Hercel of the sea, bitch. Bye. Bye!